0: Okay, welcome back. Hopefully you've come to some form of opinion over the first two albums on the Mercury shortlist. Um, Just to remind you who's in the room uh, for this session, we've got Nick, we've got Aaron, we've got Zoe, and we've got Tim. We're going to go straight over to Tim now, moving on to the next one, which is Moses Boyd. Tim.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, as you say, Moses Boyd, his new record, Dark Matter. Moses is uh, an aggravatingly young uh, South Londoner uh, drummer, Jazz drummer. Um, this is the token jazz record for for the Mercury that they always put in. I think they um, now. Uh, since I wrote my thing for the website, I now. I think they actually gave it gave the Mercury to a jazz album about five years ago and three people bought it. And I think they're never going to do that again. So it's doomed. It's not going to win. Um, but it's actually one of my favorite records of the year, Mercury or not. Um, so yeah, Moses is a drummer and he's played and plays with everybody. And there's this whole young South London jazz scene now based sort of in and around Peckham, which sounds ludicrous, but it's true. Um, that you actually get kids going out and raving to uh, these jazz gigs and stuff and um m- uh, so moses is in a duo with uh, a sax player called binker golding so he's in binker and moses he's played for a lot of the artists that are that are um that are part of this scene and this is i guess his third release under just his own name um he put out an album a while back which he doesn't considered to be an album because it's I think over about five years he had recorded various tunes and so this is just a that's just a collection of those tunes and then about three years ago he did an EP which is fully electronic apart from his drums Um, this one is not quite as far out as that it's certainly he, he produced it he plays on most of it I mean, sorry, he plays drums and all of it, but he plays most of the other instruments apart from the horns and some of the guitar. Well, all the guitar, I think. So any kind of programming and synths and things is him. And all of the other people that play on it are people that, you know, he, he phones somebody up or he contacts someone and says, I need a guitar part or I need a piano part. And, you know, he'll go over there with his um, memory stick and, or his laptop and he'll go and record, One of his mates playing a part for a tune and then over the time he's just assembled all of this so he's produced it he's done basically everything um which is a very obviously very modern way of making a record um and i think it's killer it's um it's not a sort of worthy um that dreaded phrase again coffee table um no it's a banger it's um there is some properly heavy tunes on this if you if you crank it up you can imagine a basement of people proper nodding (laughs) to it and um and just uh yeah um it's and it doesn't seem to be doing very much to cross over apart from just being really good um it's got two or three vocal tracks on it but it's not obvious that those are the ones that are the you know the 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 mainstream efforts or the hits or whatever i would say that there are catchier songs on on the on the album than any of the vocal tracks although the vocal tracks are, are great as well you know there's one which is you know you, you a fairly typical but interesting sort of female jazz vocal then you've got a good apocalyptic style rant um but yeah mostly it's just i hope my you know after my critique of the last album i hope uh, I, I think that this one 's modern sounding um, yeah it 's got it 's a blend of electronic and acoustic instruments, and it has it 's a jazz record in 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 its way, so obviously in that case it will go back to the 1920s or something but it sounds modern it sounds new and it 's after a long time of jazz really not being anything that you'd want to uh, fly your flag for um, the last five years or so have already started kicking up some good stuff so anyway I, I would say this is the third or fourth um, record nominated in the Mercury that's been from this scene so it was mentioned the comet is coming uh, they, were, they were brought up and um, um, Shabak Arching's other band Sons of Kemet I think they were nominated as well so if Shabak has been nominated twice and hasn't won I don't think Moses is going to win but this is genuinely one of my top three records of the year um, so yeah that's uh, that's it's, Moses Boyd
0: um, I mean on the, picking up on the last thing you said the Sons of Kemet which was what th- was that three years ago now? I lost, yeah. I've lost track of when I hated that I, yeah. I I what? really tried. The, the group loved it, and I oh, could, not, could not get into it. Um,
1: whereas I got more into them after seeing them live. I'll say that I I, I, had, I heard the first two albums and thought oh that's pretty good. Then I saw them live and I thought like, this is insane. And mm. then it just it, 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 so you know it's a, it's a common argument, but that's one that yeah, I, I but certainly it- had that for them.
0: But saying that about Sons again, I loved this album. I love this okay. album so, so, so much. Yes, there is an element that can be argued. I mean, particularly say, even with the opener, Stranger Than Fiction, it's a mu- it's a movie soundtrack. That yeah. track you could very easily hear on a movie ten, 5, 10, 15, or 20 years ago. It It is an amazing piece of music, but it would not feel out of place in a slightly older uh, setting um interestingly you said that he assembled that by going around picking things up on flash drives etc is that do you think the reason why sometimes I felt it feel, felt a little restrained I kept thinking he there was more energy or more something in there that maybe in a live setting, maybe in he a wanted live this
1: setting, to be a. Com- I'm pretty sure that he wanted this to be a composed album. Like, if you listen to Binker and Golding, um, sorry, B- Binker and Moses, that's all of those records have got a very live feel and very um jammed out, whereas this is composed, this is not apart from you know giving the soloists a set amount of bars that they can play for um it's not that kind of jazz record it's not really an improvised thing at all so if you want to hear people if you want like a free jazz kind of thing you're not going to get it here um i think that was the point of the thing i think he has his other outlets like binker and moses where they can just go out um whereas this i think is like i wrote this you know this is a, a composed piece of work that's what I got from it. Yeah,
0: uh, so Aaron, um, we we weren't as enthusiastic about uh, your choice, saying it was derivative, saying that its influences may have been better. Uh, so we're gonna give you first first chance to come in and say how amazing this one was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, were it not for the Kiwanuka album, this would be my top choice for sure. I love this album. I think it's, it's just, it's just kicks, man. I- uh, you get tracks like BTB and YOYO I don't know if they mm-hmm. want to say yo yo or yoyo but those tracks are just bangers they just make you want to get up and dance i can understand how this stuff is is functioning like rave music coming out of these like basement clubs just people just right. going at it it's just killer i love the percussion um i think it's it's just a great album and i think it has crossover appeal um Although as Tim said, it's it's not in the vocal tracks, it's in the instrumental tracks. It's just hmm. great melodies, great rhythms, it's just pumping. Um, the only thing I have against it is some of the guitar gets really kinda like Eric Krasno, oh. Soul Live. I, I do like Soul Alive, but it just some of it just has this too smooth feel in the guitars. Oh. And I think that contrast too much with like the just the pumping intensity of the rest of it and that's my only yeah
1: it's not yeah the guitar playing on it is not like sort of wild psych or anything like that it's fairly uh it's fairly locked down i suppose yes
0: zoe um what do you think about this i mean we've we've gone so far we've gone through stormzy we've gone through michael is this the best one so far or
3: really liked this i think this was my favorite out of uh four um I mean i was quite into acid jazz in the 90s so for me it's not really it's not alien to me and i know acid jazz gets a lot of shit in temporary do
0: you remember there was one year everybody was suddenly into acid jazz and then three months later nobody was into acid jazz
3: well it's interesting because i'm trying to make the connection here because i remember going to giles peterson's club in like It's called, was it Bar Rumba? Anyway, it was on a Tuesday night. It was something something ridiculous like a Tuesday night. So I used to go to that club and listen to, you know, this kind of thing. And and this is kind of a modern version of this. So for me, it's like, it's not, to me, I think what happened with Acid Jazz is that it didn't translate well to recording. Like if you go back and listen to any of it now, you might find it quite boring or quite quite smooth. But it was all about the live experience. Yeah. So I'm wondering perhaps if this suffers from that a little bit because I listened to this I didn't have much time with this album. I think I listened to it twice and I remember really loving it, but I can't remember anything about it. Now that could be me um being pissed and also <laughs> not having a great memory. It being, rewards a couple of yeah. <laughs> Yeah I think I'm the oldest among this lot as well I'm the oldest person here so my memory isn't great so I think it could be one of those albums where you have to spend more time with it in order for its you know its chance to open up to you but I remember thinking at the time out of this before because I knew that we would all be doing this podcast together this was my pick so definitely yes but I can't remember anything about it so make of that what you will.
4: Uh, and Nick, would you want to have final words? Uh, what do you think of this? Where, how did I'm this. Final. I, I, I thought that was clear by now. But um, as I'm here representing the Faye Indie album, I feel kind of bad being the, <laughs> uh, the naysayer for the, uh, the Token Jazz album because I'm, I'm normally a champion of the uh, Token Jazz album on the Mercury shortlist. And um, not that I'm saying that this album wasn't great, it, it's, it's got a lot of good elements. But actually, as, as an album as a whole, I, I found it quite mixed. There were bits of it I wasn't so keen on. And in fact, the, it's exactly the songs that, or tracks that uh, Aaron singled out are the ones I remember loving, which is BTB and Yo-Yo. There are some really big tracks on there that are exciting, they're full of, you know, they're, they're really, you know, if it was a whole album of that, I'd probably I'd probably be singling it out as my favorite album on the list. But yeah, it was probably the stuff that leaned more towards maybe an acid jazz sound, as you, as you say, a kind of loungier sort of sound. Um, I didn't, I didn't like those so much, I have to say. And I didn't like the songs particularly. And so, taken as an album as a whole, um, I don't feel I can come out gunning for it this year. I much preferred Sons of Kemet, uh, The Comet Is Coming. Even last year's Seed Ensemble, I thought was a, for me, a more interesting album than this. Okay,
0: so let's, well, as you've mentioned that you're the champion of the Faye Indie album in this segment, why don't we move on to the Faye Indie album of this segment? Um, Brighton's finest or one of Brighton's many uh, indie bands, Porridge Radio. Nick?
4: Yeah, I'm gonna take such a hammering from you bastards now, aren't I? I I mean, I don't know if they're Brighton's finest. I couldn't couldn't honestly say I know much about the Brighton scene right now, but uh, apparently there is a scene and they're part of it. Uh, When I saw the shortlist, I kind of looked at it. The, The only record on there that I knew was the Kiwanuka and uh as you know aaron leapt on that um and the look in his eye i I didn't even dare suggest that maybe i could do that one it was it was terrifying um so scared was i that i retreated into the safety of Faye indy um so i listened to the whole kind of uh shortlist and i just kind of thought yeah sounds okay i can probably do that one but you know i was i was nonplussed at first And then I listened to it a few times and one thing that's kind of been nice about how we've uh, approached this immersion is just having one album that you spend some time with. I actually came to really love it. And uh, I know it's not going to win. It's not going to win among temporary fandoms as a group and it's probably not going to win the prize. Um, but, uh, I'm here to say that I think it was my favorite album on the list because I've listened to a lot of times and the songs just gradually came out revealed themselves to me. And over time I came to love it. Um, They've got a really silly name. Um, I think that's partly maybe why I kind of chose them as well, because uh, I've got a soft spot for bands with names that um, seem designed to prevent them from succeeding in life. Um, I was a Bitch Magnet fan. You mentioned the, that whether or not there's
0: a Brighton music thing. Brighton uh, and there's always been bands coming out of Brighton, but it's never been like the hotbed. Um, yeah, I could mention maybe Blood Red Shoes had a couple of good songs. Uh, for you to get uh, for you for you getting me aggy. Do I pronounce that right? Yeah. Um, Dreamwife, and obviously the kooks. Who doesn't love the kooks? Um, Let <laughs> me count
1: the ways. <laughs> I,
0: I think the difference for me, maybe with Porridge Radio, is they sound a bit less. They sound English, but there's also a lot of American bands I can hear in there. Um, they sort of bands, maybe like Speedy Ortiz, there's sort of a, a, a very bassy drony sound going through the background that I did quite like. Um, if i was younger i think i would have pretended to like them so i could go out with a girl i could see that that happening that probably did happen um i think now i'm like huh um should i pretend to like them to be young and cool no there are other young cool indie bands i, c- I can sort of like we put it on in the car we were on holiday last week and the first song which ends in that sort of uh was it Thank you for making me happy. Is that the yeah. chant that goes over and over? You know when you're listening to something, you go, Oh, it's gonna finish after this. Okay, it's gonna finish after My God, they've been doing this for two for two minutes. Oh, and man. after about four songs, my wife just went I like I like the violin in that, that one track. And that was all we could remember.
4: <laughs> I only noticed the violins after about the fourth lesson. <laughs> we just we just hear differently. <laughs>
0: Um, everyone else, everyone else is rather quiet at the moment. Tim, what do you think?
1: Uh, well, my, uh, d- my friends have got a really great podcast about pop music and top of the pops in particular, and there been are doing no it other pop time. Time. <laughs> <laughs> There were no other
0: doing are doing
1: other podcasts. They've been doing it for, it for they've been doing it for a long time, and they and after having to watch many shaking Stevens uh, performances, they've started to use this to describe anything that is kind of a. You know, a poor man's this or that. So, uh, with that in mind, I'm just, I'm just going to say shaking echo belly so i don't know i mean i i'm not going to say too much because i'm i don't like this kind of music you know um i went through an indie rock phase in the mid 90s and i just and all the bands that i still like i've kind of pretended are not indie rock you know like the pixies i've decided that they're something else you know um so that i can carry on saying i don't like indie rock um a couple of a couple of bands will occasionally fall through the net, but this isn't one of them. Um, um, and I don't know. I've heard a lot worse than this. I just don't give a monkeys, really. It's just it's not something. And I read an interview, and it's you know she's she's a you know she's a charismatic person and uh, and singer, but it's the same old tired "We're the best band in the world" stuff.
0: I did like the point about um, Echo Belly, although. I didn't hear Echo Belly as much as I heard Elastica, but obviously, oh, yeah, maybe. Because yeah, yeah. sort
3: of... that, yeah, I was like, I was listening to them and then I was sort of going, riding on anything, anything, it's good enough. It's just like that, isn't it? It's that delivery. And that's yeah. what I kept hearing yeah. in my head.
0: <laughs> um, Nick, um, we don't like it, Nick. We don't like it. <laughs> oh, Aaron, do you like it?
2: <laughs> I I like it. I liked it fine. I
1: don't
2: want the caveats. <laughs> but like i mean this is gonna sound bad but um considering that i'm the ch- i'm championing the Kiwanoop album but what i don't like about it is it sounds like it's so derivative of its influences when you're listening to it, you're like yep there's a bit of blonde redhead yep there's a bit of pavement yep it- pointing out its influences, and and none of it feels really original. I think a lot of the dissonance is just there because she's like, oh, we're probably going to need some stuff that sounds dissonant just because you're supposed to have something that sounds dissonant. We're going to be... I don't know. It was fine.
0: Is there an an element of of our age with this, though? Because obviously, um, I'm guessing everyone's roughly within the same sort of demographic, give or take five years, maybe. But I know when I was younger, the indie band, the bands I liked were referencing back to either Hendrix or whatever sort of 60s or 70s bands. And now 30 years now, 20 odd years later or whatever it is, um, I'm hearing bands harking back to the bands I listened to back in the day. The 90s. Yeah. And so I'm sort of dismissing them with a bat of my hand. But it's always been the way particularly with rock or indie rock. Everyone's always sort of copied something that came before. Whether they gave it a new twist or not, it's, it's very rare that a band comes out, uh, particularly a band with some guitars, that comes out and you go, I've never heard this sound before.
3: Um, well, I'm going to make a prediction. I think, Nick, you're going to really love it now and you're going to kind of champion it and say it's a great album, but I reckon in about a year's time it's going to be one of those bands where you go, what was I thinking? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of get into
0: it at the time and then you go, oh, bloody hell, porridge radio. Oh, God. I, I, I'm going I'm to finish on, I'm gonna finish on um, when the picture was posted of the band in the group um, and they were sitting in a field in flowers with some form of what can only be described as they'd covered themselves in glue and ran into a charity shop and came out with whatever had stuck to them. Zoe's comment of, look at them. <laughs> at them and we all went,
3: oh. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I feel. I feel quite. You know, I feel a little bit protective of them when I see them, and it's just so nineties.
0: But that's like, it. We. But, but don't we I, all have that? Like, I don't know. I what don't it's wish like them ill. Ill. But in your various cities, where everyone is now, I mean, I know, for example, in Spain, in in Malaga or in Seville, I know where the young indie kids hang out on a Friday. It's by a shopping centre. I remember the place in Wolverhampton where we hung out on a Saturday afternoon. And now when I walk past them all, um, maybe it's because they haven't turned out to be sort of... uh, wankers or whatever yeah they're, they're just sitting there going oh I like I like indie music me look at my long hair oh. I, I look at them and go oh I used to do that I definitely have that feeling but come on this
3: is no my bloody valentine it's not isn't anything this album this is my point it's like you look right but you don't have the goods to back it up and that is my issue
0: well let's hand it why don't we hand it over to the listener
4: to make a decision to the mic
3: Sorry, we, we, what were you? Sorry, what were
4: you we, going to say, Nick? Nick, oh, you no, were saying I something. You say, said they look, they looked the part or something, and I was just, I was just refuting that. I think they look terrible. I <laughs> Do I kind of? they look an absolute like, mess. They're going to regret those style choices in a few years when they grow up and, and learn to kind of dress properly.
0: But so why, why don't we, why don't we let the listener have a have a listen um, to um, not my bloody Valentine and some good jazz, and make up their own mind. And then uh, we'll welcome everybody back with a different panel and some other albums. Uh, thanks to everybody here. Zoe, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Tim, thank you very much. Aaron, thank you very thank much. You. Nick, thank I'll you. see you in a bit. With me. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll be back right after this.